Check me out. I'm Robin, the boy wonder. Are you kidding me? This rocks. Come on, old man. We've got bad guys in me chasing. This is the best day of my life. You think you did? You don't know him like I do. He manipulates, pulls strings, anything to get what he wants. I thought we had the same goals. Things change. I changed. The game's over, Batman. I quit. What's the matter? Lost for words? Expected more. I'm hurt. Joker sent me the film. I saw him kill you. Don't you dare lie to me! How long did you wait before replacing me, huh? A month? A week? I trusted you! And you just left me to die! That's not what happened. You always told me, Bruce. Focus on what I want to achieve, and it'll happen. Yeah! We did it! We aced him! I set him up, you take him out. One, two, huh, Batman? Ugh. You'll be fine. Of course I will. You trained me. I'm impressed. What can I say? I'm irresistible. The Batman Universe Specials proudly presents Batman and Robin Eternal Podcast, a monthly podcast dedicated to the weekly DC comic series Batman and Robin Eternal, taking a look and celebrating at the 75-year history of the Robin character. And now, please welcome Rob, Terrence, and Luke for the Batman Universe Specials Batman and Robin Eternal. What's your name? Carrie. Carrie Kelly. Robin. Don't look so stunned, Father. I thought you'd be taller. This was yours? Still is. Keep your hands off it, kid. Is this what you wore in training? It's what I wore when I went on patrol. The only thing it's missing is lace trim and a sun hat. You don't fool me. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking you could be Robin. Well, you can't. I don't need some insipid costume and a bird name. I'm way beyond your kind of simplistic training, as you saw tonight. Don't forget, you lost that fight. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Batman Universe Specials. I'm your host, Rob Myers, and this is going to be for the Batman and Robin Eternal. So we might as well call this, uh, technically for the moment, uh, the Batman and Robin Eternal podcast, episode number one. Um, I've got a couple friends here that are going to uh, help us go through this series. And uh, as, of course, this series is brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin, who is celebrating 75 years this year, which is uh, one of the uh, centerpieces that DC Comics is doing. And being a Robin fan, I was thinking, okay, Robin 75 is coming. You know, he was created in April, and the month of April goes by, and the month of May goes by. And I'm like, is DC going to acknowledge Robin? <laughs> so uh, they de- finally decided to do that uh, with two series. And uh, I think that's pretty cool. We have uh, Batman and Robin Eternal, which you're currently listening to the podcast for. And then coming up in December, their big December. Um, story is going to be the Robin War, so that also has me intrigued, and um, I believe there'll be something for uh, Robin War on the Batman universe, and I believe I'll, my name has been attached to that as well. So you may get sick of hearing me talk about Robin, but hey, <laughs> you know it's always Batman, and uh, this year I'm kind of saying it's Robin 
And so uh, let me introduce the uh, other two co-hosts that you'll hear. Uh, one you will recognize right away. It's my good buddy, Terrence, who has been helping me uh, with Robin. Everyone loves the Drake. How are you doing tonight, Terrence? Yeah, I'm doing good. And it'll be fun to talk about a comic book that's been published this century with you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. We, we've spent uh, the last uh, year or so in the uh, 90s. and uh, Back in the so, 1900s. Yeah, yeah the 1900s. Yeah. <laughs> Back when I was still doing homework in school. <laughs> yeah. So, and also, um, somebody that I've uh, come to know uh, recently through uh, YouTube as I've been reviewing my action figures and uh, doing some comics on my own on YouTube is Luke. And let me get the name of your uh, page right. It's Luke Reviews uh, Batman. Do I have that right? Close. Oh. Uh, Luke, and then uh, space uh, Batman Video Reviews. I was close. I thought the word video was in there. Wouldn't make sense. So, how are you doing tonight, sir? I am doing very well. And again, thank you for you know, kind of uh, keeping me in mind and doing this. And Terrence, again, I know we uh, talked briefly before we on. Uh, nice to meet you. And this is this is going to be just great. I'm really looking forward to this. Well, cool. Um, since we're talking about Robin's 75th anniversary, before we get in to the Eternal uh, series. Uh, issue one has been out, so there won't be a ton to talk about, but maybe we'll kind of have plenty to say. We'll have the Batman Day free comic preview uh, that left me scratching my head like, I don't know what's going to be going on in this book. So, And then we have episode one, but we'll do some uh, lead-in here. Uh, the podcast is going to run approximately seven issues, or seven issues. See, I say issues all the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> About seven episodes. This is going to be monthly. Um, at one time, I thought, well, maybe I will do this as a, um, a weekly series. I thought that would be such a grind to do it every single week. And sometimes doing talking about one single book, uh, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot to talk about, especially when you're looking at a long uh, series where the plot points are going to kind of get stretched out over the course of time. So this will be uh, once a month, and we will cover approximately no more than four books. So since it's a weekly series, it'll run every single week, and then uh, the three of us will get together and talk about it. Now, we are getting closer to the holiday season, so the podcast could jump a little bit, um, and we may have to break it up just due to holidays and things like that. So I I'm saying right off the bat, this is going to be about seven episodes approximately, but uh, it'll we'll try to generally do it once a month and so we can uh, stay on uh, task. So like Terrence said, it's going to be fun uh, talking about a Batman book that is currently going on. And I know, Luke, you have done like the state of the uh, – uh, what, what did you call it? Like the state of the union, the state of the Batman <laughs> union, which I thought that was really clever. Um, uh, just kind of what's going on in the Batman title. So um, the, a couple bullet points uh, that I have here. Um, since this is the Robin's 75th anniversary, uh, what are some of your guys' favorite – who's your favorite Robin and why? So we'll start off uh, with you, Terrence. You know, I, I saw this on the show notes, and of course it's like knee-jerk reaction, Tim Drake, Tim Drake. And I was like, like is there even any question who Rob's favorite is? But, you know, taking a step back and, and thinking about the Robins, I, I was thinking like – Say Robin never existed. There was no Robin. I think Batman would still be huge. He would still be, you know, um, just as popular and and would would you know be who he is. And there's plenty of Batman artwork and stories and toys and video games where there is no Robin, and they're they're all pretty awesome. Um, so 
he doesn't need the Robin to be as successful. But if let's say there was no Robin and like we were doing this podcast or a bunch of people sitting around and said, let's make up a partner for Batman. Like who would be Batman's partner? Like Robin, I think would would be like the last thing would come up with like a little kid who dresses you know in bright colors and is like an acrobat i i think we would probably think like no he needs to be with this like eight foot tall ninja or something like so i kind of been thinking that i kind of like how robin is is so the opposite of batman in, in so many ways and, and not the um thing that might readily come to your mind if, if you had never heard of him so i'm, I'm gonna go um Gosh, I was thinking, uh, I think my favorite Robin kind of is Carrie Kelly from The the Dark Knight Returns. And, and you're off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, well, you can you could respond. Why, do you, are you not a fan of her? Or No, 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 no. Oh, just because anything I, but Tim? That's yeah, like anything the, but Tim. Okay, that's, yeah. That's the only answer I'll accept. No, I'm we're, kidding, I'm kidding. we're not even recording right now. This is just the test to get on it. You would like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Yep, and so it's just Luke and I tonight, everybody. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, the reason why I was going to say her, even though, you know, obviously from the other podcast with Tim Drake, you know, uh, how much I like Tim Drake and how much we I was like the same age as him when he came out and, and kind of, you know, saw a lot of him and me and the same, all that. But she is cool because... Like, Frank Miller went really dark, you know, with Batman Returns and uh, The Dark Knight Returns. And, you know, it's he kind of gets all the credit, even though some other people deserve some credit, too. But he gets kind of all the credit of, you know, bringing Batman and back into the, the Dark Knight and bringing back the macabre and that, you know, original Bob Kane, Bill Finger, Detective Comics 27 Batman. Um, and it would have been real easy to do that series without a Robin but I like how he included the Robin and kept it pretty traditional. Like she's wearing basically the original Pixie Fairy uh, Dick Grayson costume. It's not some futuristic thing. And I love it how like Batman came back and she just took it upon herself to be Robin. Like she got the costume or I, I can't remember if she made it or got it in a costume shop or something. It, yeah, yeah. And, and snuck out her window. I remember that scene so vividly of her sneaking out of her window at night and just thinking, this is so cool. I wish I could do this. I wish like the news would show Batman and I'd like get a costume and sneak out my window <laughs> and uh, took it upon herself. And, you know, she really saves Batman in that, too. She doesn't she's not the damsel in distress. Oh, Robin messed up. Now Batman's got to save him kind of thing. So it really showed like the the value of a robin the importance of a robin and like batman will always have a robin like if batman comes back someone will step up someone will take it upon themselves someone will fill that role and and just like how important it is and it's not just some like trick they threw in to sell some more comics to kids you know and so so for that and you know i mean they had jason todd in the comics and um so there was a, a little precedent of another robin but that was kind of the first like real radical like wow there can be more than just dick grayson as robin because jason todd was kind of for a little while sort of written as sort of like a copy of dick grayson they tried to make yeah. him a little more streetwise and a little more you know uh stealing the batman's hubcaps or something or the, <laughs> the wheels off the batmobile but it, but in essence when you read the comics and you read the adventures it, it for the beginning of Jason Todd, he was it was basically just the same as Dick Grayson for the most part. But she was completely different, and I think that kind of led the uh, way for Tim to come in and be so different, and Damon to be so different. Um, so I'm, I'm going with her. All right, um, I don't accept the answer. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of static there, folks. Sorry that broke <laughs> yeah. up. No, I, I can totally see that. Uh, uh, Luke, what about you, sir? Um, uh, it, it's tough. 
now, Terrence, I'm glad you did say you know Carrie Kelly because when we talk Robins, uh, people kind of stick to you know the whole Jason, uh, Dick, and Tim and, and Damien. They forget you know there was you know Stephanie Brown for a very short period, and yeah. then we have Carrie Kelly also. So and you, those two could kind of get kind of you know kind of forgotten sometimes. And sometimes you could even throw in from Earth Two uh, Helena yeah. Helena Wayne. Wayne, yeah, yeah. So totally right. Um, now, see, Dick, Jason, and Tim all have their strengths that would kind of really justify why they would be the best. Uh, I think the, the safe answer would be Dick, the very first, and uh, kind of really just the historical part importance of you know, not only Robin, but it's Batman as well. Uh, Tim... That technically smart, uh, very intelligent, brings that uh, to the table, which makes him and his take on on Robin uh, very unique. But my heart of hearts will always be Jason Todd, uh, and maybe not the old Jason Todd as Robin. And this might be a cop out. Uh, can I s- still lump in his Red Hood days as sort of somewhat being Robin or... Yeah, I mean, I, I still look at, you know, you can throw Dick Grayson in with Nightwing and Tim Drake as Red Robin, so I think it's, you know, the, the, the character itself. Okay. Well, yeah, if that's the case, yeah, uh, Jason Todd, I, I love him. Uh, is he... <laughs> is he uh, I don't think he's being dealt a fair hand right now in his book, per se, but just it's what he brings. It's it's so he he goes where the other Robins, Dick and Tim specifically, he he'll go places where they won't go. He'll do the dirty mm-hmm. if need be, and, and that's very unique to the other Robins. Because and I say this, and I know Rob, you you loved him, so but I'm, <laughs> I'm getting ready to say, don't take this as a insult in any way. But they they're kind of like the yes man to Bruce. Oh yeah. When push comes to shove, if Bruce says this is the way it's going to be, they'll say Roger, sir, yep, and it's going to be that way. Jason, he'll he's a little bit more independent. He kind of brings that unique flavor to things, and that's why I think he's makes him a little bit. It separates him from you know Dick and Tim. Now, if you're looking you know, importance of stories, yet yeah, Dick and Tim have it over you know Jason, but uh, my favorite. Is Jason, but then again, there's Damien, which right now, as far as the Robin character, if someone, if I had to put someone in a Robin character and then in the, uh, the outfit right now, it'd be Damien. Because Damien, I love Damien. But I think all the time it would go to Jason. Hey, uh, Luke, can I ask you a question? When did you, yeah. um, I think that's a good choice. I like Jason too. But I'm just curious, when did you start reading? Uh, Jason stuff had he already died was he already the Red Hood or where, where did you jump in on the, the Jason Todd storyline believe it or not uh, it would have been the uh, Hush okay Hush was my first and there obviously you were at the very tail and you're like what the heck is going on here so you start from there and kind of go backwards and then obviously under the Red Hood but yeah Hush was pretty much where it started with me and Jason Todd yeah, because I, I started reading com- actually comics when he died. His his the death of the family is what got me into comics, and I started reading right away the back issues um, that kind of preceded that, and they 
they start in like in the early 400s of the Batman run and they that have like it's a Batman the new adventures I think it was it came right after crisis where they were kind of making Jason a little bit different than just a, a Dick uh, Grayson clone and some of those issues were really good and it really had like the seeds of what he would become in the Red Hood and I I can't remember what issue I, I'll probably go digging through my long box tonight looking for it but there was this one where he had like some bad guy or something who had done something horrible on like a fire escape or a ledge and you see batman coming and the guy like fell and then like batman's like what happened and jason's like he slipped or something and he takes off and you're always like <laughs> yeah well did he slip or did he did jason through him and he had that like edge where you would believe it like if it was dick grayson or tim drake or probably anyone else who was a robin you'd just oh maybe not damon but uh, <laughs> but you would probably be like well yeah he i guess he slipped i guess he didn't get there in time but with jason you had that like well, did he or did he throw him? I mean, Damon would probably have been just like, "Yeah, I threw him." But Damon you know. would have had his head in his hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I cut the dude's head off. Yeah. <laughs> Are you proud of me, Father? Yeah. So. <laughs> but yeah, I totally agree. And you know, Jason though is weird since he's been resurrected and come back. He has probably been written and uh, and appeared in the comic uh, with more variety than any other Batman character i mean he's been all over the place from like homicidal mass murderer to like uh really you know um outstanding hero you know like sort of like a team player one of the guys but willing to go just a little bit further and and everything in between and he and his design has has changed remember back in you know grant morrison's batman and robin run he was he was redheaded and yeah totally different Compared to what we think of now, and then obviously Hush had a little gray hair tip, and even that it wasn't even him. So fair enough. But, but uh, Rob, I will give you a little little nod here. But if I had to say my favorite standalone Robin story, it would go to Tim Drake, and um, I can't remember the number, but it was a Detective Comics late. Uh, it was the one where he's in the the car with Joker. Oh, on, great uh, one! On the holiday, wow. and um, goes to the drive-through window in the restaurant. That. Just a one-shot, one-and-done Robin story. That might be my favorite right there, and that was obviously Tim. So, and I'm trying to go back through the podcast. <laughs> that was on your what, Christmas podcast, Christmas yeah. Podcast, uh, yeah. And I, uh, I, I can't find it as I'm talking off, and probably scrolling right through it. Yeah, and I'll say on the old podcast too. That was one of my favorite Joker stories. That's mm-hmm. that's such a great Joker story and a great Robin story together. Because the Joker's best. When he's unpredictable, I heard Denny O'Neill one time say, like, if you saw the Joker on the street, you wouldn't know if he would walk up and hand you a hundred dollar bill or shoot you in the face. And Mm -hmm. too many Joker stories. He's just a homicidal maniac. He just, you know, just kills, kills, kills. And that one, like, he he lets Robin basically live because he knew the Marx Brothers. You know, I I love that. (laughs) It's such a cool twist. Yeah. Uh, Detective Comics 826. Yep. That was to plug my show. That was Robin Everyone Loves a Drake, episode number 20. Uh, Yeah. Um, I just talking about Jason Luke. I just picked up uh, uh, the collected edition uh, Batman Second Chances, uh, which is the whole Jason Todd run, um, with the exception. I was looking through as you were talking about it, Tim. Uh, Tim, geez, I can't believe I said Tim. That's a <laughs> <whole> other show. <laughs> Terrence, um, it doesn't have that issue. It stops right at that issue where um, 
you know, you don't know whether Jason pushes the guy off the building or not. Um, it's the Batman annual, I think is the last one that's in here. Batman annual number 11. So after that would be the issue then you're talking about. And then it goes right into Death of the Family. So um, I picked this up uh, just because I didn't have a lot of uh, Jason Todd issues other than a, a couple of them. Um, yes, uh, for me, obviously, I'm going to say Tim Drake. But, you know, I... Yeah, I'm a kid of the '80s. I watched the Super Friends, and you know, Dick Grayson was very much Robin, you know, during the Super Friends. And I watched the, um, you know, 1966 uh, show in you know reruns as a kid, and Dick Grayson was very much Robin. And I was you know uh, drawn uh, to the Robin character. And I think Terrence, I think I had said this on uh, Everyone Loves the Drake that you know. Tim Drake is my my favorite Robin, but the the idea of Robin that I looked at it like playing uh, – I didn't imagine myself being Lou Whitaker of the Detroit Tigers. I wanted to play ball with Lou Whitaker of the Detroit Tigers, and I like that that's the the end for the audience. As much as I'm a Robin fan, somebody could say, I think you're even more of a Batman fan that – I I wanted to be Robin so I could hang out with Batman. Like, how cool would that be to go from rooftop to rooftop and all the cool things that that Batman could uh, you know teach me or train me? And one day I'll get to drive the Batmobile and I'll get to ride in the sidecar, you know, and all that stuff. So as much as I say uh, you know Robin's my favorite character, I think you could kind of go and say. I think it's actually Batman's my favorite character because I I like the the doorway that 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 Robin gives you. And then, you know, over time it just, it became, you know, uh, I would say, well, Robin's my favorite character and my favorite stories of the only place of dying. That's, that's my, the dark Knight returns. If there's, you know, one story that I'm going to take on a deserted Island, cause I get all the Robins in that story. I get the dynamic between Dick and Bruce that, you know, Dick's only been Nightwing just for a very little bit. And there's that whole, you know, I'm trying to be my own man, I, my old my own person, but you know I'm still under the shadow of Batman. And here's this kid that can see, you know, that there is something gravely wrong with Bruce because of the death of Jason Todd. So I just think that's a a really good um, story. So yeah, that's uh, that's mine. I think it was as no brainer. Yes, uh, my my gut reaction is to go with uh, Tim Drake. But right now in the DC universe, I am loving uh, the son of uh, Batman comic story. Um, that Tomasi is doing, or Tomasi, uh, Patrick Gleason is doing a fantastic job with uh, Damien. So, I, just like you said, Luke, if I'm putting somebody in the Robin costume right now in the DCU, it's it's Damien for me. And I get my cake and eat it too, because Tim is still a Robin. He's, <laughs> he's just a red one. So, <laughs> hey, you know what? What I really like too, and I'll be quick because i know we're wrapping the segment up but the 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 original animated series version of robin i really like that version too he's a little bit older he was wearing he's kind of like a mix of dick and tim he's got kind of like the attitude and the intelligence and the costume of tim he's got dick's backstory and uh i thought they did that you know really really well in that you know series and i mean robin's reckoning those two parters i mean doesn't get much better than that for batman stories no, and even piggybacking onto that, when you get into the new adventures of Batman, they create Tim Drake, but they give him a little bit of Jason Todd mm-hmm. uh, in there as well. And uh, I was trying to go through and figure out, you know, like, well, what issue did Tim get his, you know, red and black costume? You know, where was it first created? And I found out it's actually in the animated series 
where he gets that costume and the comics were like, Hey, that's pretty good. We're doing this whole one year later thing. And Tim gets the, uh, uh, costume as a direct result of the animated series, which I thought was, was kind of cool. Um, since, uh, we're, we've been talking about, you know, the importance of Robin. I think we already, uh, hit on that. Um, I've mentioned my favorite, uh, Robin story. Do you guys have one? I think Luke, you kind of said, uh, uh, too, but Terrence, do you have one or uh, Luke, if you haven't, you know, uh, that was just a single issue. Okay. I, and I'm going to cheat, not really cheat, but it's going to sound like it's, it's a, uh, it's an easy way out only because it's so new, but I love Robin rises. Uh, the last story yes. arc for Batman and Batman and Robin. That was so awesome. And not one single issue is going to stand out as something that's going to just blow you away. But you take it as a collective effort. It is just so awesome. I mean, you just get so many themes that kind of just go weave through that. You know, the importance of, you know, the, the Robin as a character and you know, what Bruce will do to fight for that. But then again, you know, put yourself... You know, as a father, how far would you go? You know, to you know, go after your family and whatnot. And then you see everyone in the Bat family come together. You know, minus one because technically he was not alive. Yeah, really. You saw him in the cave once, um, but you saw everyone come together and, and really get pushed to the limit and risk their self for Robin. And it's just just totally awesome. And if I cannot recommend that story enough. The, the hunt for Robin, the one that kind of led into it, you know, it had all the other, you know, Batman and issues. Right. Those were good too, but just the Robin Rises was so good. Yeah, I, I will, I will agree with that. Uh, like I said, the only place a dying would be mine, um, and then a search for a hero, which is the last Tim Drake story uh, before getting into the Red Robin title. But uh, right now, um, I covered it on. Uh, uh, my YouTube channel uh, talking about it, and uh, that that to me is the pinnacle of the Tomasi and Gleason era of uh, Batman and Robin. Uh, when they killed Damien off, thinking how how are they going to do this? We're just going to get some, uh, you know. Here's Robin number nine. You know, I was like, Damien needs to be the last Robin, and if they kill him off, then well, that that's it. And just that whole entire arc, I thought was just beautiful. And the uh, part that I like is all of the former Robins, well, like you said, except for Dick, but they all don a Robin outfit, even though Bruce has said, yeah, I can't take you guys with me, you know, we're, uh, I'm not going to risk losing anybody else, they all still show up in the cave, and they're like, we're going, they decide they're going to do this, and they're going to go help Batman, I just, and and the end of it, I thought was just, was yeah. really, really good. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're, you're a father, that, that will really touch you. Yeah. What about you, Terrence? You know, I really, really like Grant Morrison's Batman and Robin, the initial run, maybe that first 12 or 15 episodes before they started to get too crazy with Bruce Wayne coming back when it was just Dick and Damien. Because, uh, you know, Dick, you could count him as a Robin. So here he is taking over and taking the mantle and, you know, um, trying to live up to Bruce's footsteps and then trying to deal with uh, Damien and Damien in that. And it was just so well written and the artwork was fantastic. Um, so that that series, I, I don't know how many times I've read those like first 15 issues. I've just read them again and again and again. Mm-hmm. They're so good. Um, and also, I even though it's not just a robin story but i think nightfall um and and the way tim drake is it's such an important part of nightfall and how big of a story nightfall was 
you don't really think of it as a Robin story, but I, I, I really liked how he was used, and that spun out his own series as well. Yeah, very good. And uh, I think we're doing a podcast about that right now. Yeah, look at that. Tie-in, yeah. Tie-in, how it is. Um, and uh, one of the last th- – I've got favorite Batman story in here. I think we've kind of talked about it. Before we get into the Eternal recap, uh, we can kind of combine the two. Like, what's your favorite Batman story, and what, what brought you I- into Batman? Uh, it's going to sound like I'm cheating because this stuff's so new, but if I had to only bring one book with me, like you said, on Island, uh, I, I'd say Endgame. I loved Endgame. That, that was so fun, and mainly because it – Maybe because it just weaves in everything Snyder has done. Ah, let me take that back. Yeah, I am going to take that back. Black Mirror. That's it. Oh. I'm going to give it to Black Mirror. Yeah. Good choice. Uh, I love that's it. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. I had to think about that one for a minute. But yeah, Black Mirror is just... That was just awesome. And, and especially... Oh, if there's anyone out there who hasn't read it yet, I envy you so much. Reading Black Mirror for the first time is just awesome. But just when you're reading it, you don't know... You, just how all both things, events kind of wrap together at the very end. You're like, wow. But yeah, it's not even a Bruce Wayne story. That's the best part, too. Yeah, yeah that's Dick. So, I mean, it's, yeah, that's my favorite. Yeah, Endgame would be a very close second. Um, ah, jeez, what, what brought me to Batman? Uh, um, I would have to say the animated series. Um, that was right. I could say the animated series and the, and the, and the uh, Mike Keaton film kind of hand-in-hand because they both about the same time. Mm-hmm. Because I remember coming back from school, you know, back in the day, and then, you know, about 3.30 on, I think it was Fox, uh, they would have, you know, the animated series on. And, yeah, that was just something I look forward to. And then it's funny, you see it on syndication when now the uh, Christian Bale movies were coming out, and it was just, yeah, it just... Nostalgia all over again, but yeah, I, I give it to the animated series. That really what got me into Batman. What about you, Terrence? Well, to get into Batman, I think I was just born into Batman. Um, I mean, there's pictures of me at like two and three wearing like Robin stuff and Batman <laughs> stuff, and so I, I don't think it was ever gone. I got a little uh, hardcore into it with the death of the death in the family. Sorry, I get those mixed up um, because that's what got me reading comics. But I was into it, you know, all along. And uh, I think my, my family was big fans of the uh, television series, the Adam West show. So that was kind of always on. And then Super Friends were, was on a lot um, for me as a kid. So it was just it was just something always there. It's like, hey, what got you into like breathing and eating? You know, it's just kind of yeah. like it's just always been there. Uh, I could not. I don't think I could pick a favorite story. I mean, there's just so many and so much. But I'll I'll, I'll throw out an honorable mention there. I loved the Batman Brave and the Bold series, uh, the cartoon. Uh, it was right when my stepdaughter was just getting into this, and, and we kind of bonded over it, and she loved it. And she's she's very deep, and like Barney and Dora the Explorer just doesn't cut it for her because it's <laughs> like, what's that? Oh, that's a map, and it's a map, and that's a that's a dog. It's a dog, you know. And she'd be like, 
Batman, oh, what's that? Oh, that's the Joker. Let me tell you 75 years of his backstory. And she just ate that up because that's what she was. That's what she wanted. Um, so there's a they had a comic book for Batman Brave and the Bold, the tie-in. And episode, uh, issue 13 has this one. It was like the Phantom Stranger brought all the Robins together. Mm-hmm. And the cover says, Calling All Robins. I love that cover. That is like one of my all-time favorite covers just for, if nothing much, the nostalgia and seeing all those Robins together and everything. I, I love that issue. And uh, reading that issue, you look at it, and uh, I can't remember who wrote it, but they pinpoint who each of the Robins are. And each of the Robins, even though there's, what, six on the page, mm-hmm. each one is just a, is, is different. I would say different enough. That makes them sound there. Each one is definitely different than the other. You can kind of lump Robin. Oh, Robin's just Batman's sidekick. But when you start looking at all the people that have been Robin, you can look at it and go, I like this Robin because of this. And, you know, Carrie Kelly was this way and Stephanie Brown was this way. And, you know, people would say, well, Jason and uh, Damien are exactly the same. No, they're from, you know, different circumstances. They mo- mm-hmm. both may be categorized as a snot, but they're a snot for you know, <laughs> yeah. two two different reasons. One's for, you know, the entitlement. I'm I'm the Prince of Gotham. And the other one is like, I think at Jason's court, it's like, I just want to be loved, you know. I'm always having to prove myself to somebody else, and he goes about it the wrong way. Yeah, he's the ultimate middle child, you know. Yeah, yeah. and uh, <laughs> the um, I think I think the issue inside is called Batman Dies at Dawn, and yeah. they have to like come together to save Batman, and it w- it was really cool. I I really enjoyed that. Very cool. Um, I think I've said mine with the only place of dying. Um, I would tip a hat to the Black Mirror, and uh, one that I really like is uh, the Gates of Gotham. Um, I, I enjoy that. That was, you know, the last book right before the new Fifty Two broke. So you, you know, Bruce is very much alive, but it's it's dealing with you know the history of uh, Gotham and Snyder and uh, Kyle Higgins wrote a really good story, and it involves you know all of the uh, Bat family, and it's right up until Bruce is uh, officially you know coming back. And I, so I'll throw that one out there as an honorable mention too. I, I love that one. I that's when I've read at least. You know, fifteen, sixteen times myself. Oh yeah, that was that was very fun. And I like the best part of it is like you see like the cobble pots and the wains and, mm-hmm. and especially the wains. No, not man. Yeah, you say the wains and uh, who was the canes in there too? Uh, yeah, I believe yeah, so. Canes. Yeah, how really crooked they could be. I mean, where we look at them today, you know, they're portrayed as you know, well, obviously not the cobble pots. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, what we know is them today, and then you look at a story like that, and it's how politics and stuff like that can, and power can kind of warp your perception sometimes. It was That was an interesting take, so I like that. That was it. It was a good story. Holy hole in a donut! Sorry, folks, there was a little audio hiccup right there that I couldn't quite edit. Uh, I started to talk about uh, Batman and Robin Eternal, so what you're going to hear, it just sounds like I'm right in the middle of a sentence that just lost uh, the very first question about what uh, uh, we thought of uh, Batman and Robin Eternal as a whole. So we'll get back to the show. Let's back up just a little bit. Let's go into, um, it's not much, I know we've, we've got the main Eternal story uh, Batman and Robin Eternal story. What did you guys think of the uh, Batman Day uh, free comic uh, eight-page preview of Batman and Robin Eternal? And I think the only thing that you really get out of that is Batman's had the crap kicked out of him. Uh, he's got a flash drive and uh, is basically telling Dick, you know, this is nothing you have to worry about. Um, you, you'll never, ever have to worry about. And obviously, uh, whatever Batman thought he was saving 
Dick from is going to turn around and bite Dick right in the butt because he has no idea what's going on. But what did you guys think about uh, the, the preview issue? Well, I was kind of surprised because I thought the preview issue would just be, you know, the first four or five or six pages of issue number one. And it's not. It seems to be its own completely separate little um, story. So I kind of like that. I was kind of intrigued, too, because um, the last page, and then jump all the way to the end, has, you know, um, the various Robins and Jim Gordon, Batman, and Spoiler, and, and Bluebird all here. Looks like fighting kids or stopping kids from dying. It's kind of hard to tell what exactly is going on, but um, it looks like now after reading issue one, we're not going to get to sort of that for a little while anyway. That might even be towards the conclusion. I, it's hard to say. So um, that that kind of surprised me. I thought it would be more of um, just the beginning of issue one, and then this whole beat up. I wonder. Uh, you know, I don't know when. Because he, he, there's a recording made on a flash drive in issue one, and I'm wondering how far apart from this beatdown to the recording made, how far apart is that? Um, so it's kind of, or maybe the because he deletes it. So it's kind of confusing, but I kind of like being confused. I kind, I like, I kind of like wanting to know what's coming. And then the thing that this is, I guess, showing my age is um, the one scene. Batman's on the computer. He's pulling out the flash drive, and then Robin's on top of the computer. And I'm like, oh, that's a great um, artist rendering of Tim Drake because of the thing. And then I realize, wait, no, that's Dick Grayson retconned in the, in the <laughs> Tim Drake costume. So um, I'm glad you said that. I want to interrupt you real quick. Um, what do you think uh, now in, uh, since they did the new 52 and the updated costumes that this is his Robin costume, Dick Grayson's Robin costume didn't have the pixie boots. Um, it's, it's different than Tim's, you know, Tim never wore the green and the black is traditional in the new 52. Um, you get to see it more in, in Batman eternal, Batman and Robin eternal. That's so hard to keep straight. <laughs> um, I like the, what it looks like he's got these like shoulder, almost not bullets, but these, you know, etchings that go through the shoulder that connect the Robin R. And it looks like he's kind of wearing a belt, but not wearing a belt. What do you think of, uh, Dick's new 52 Robin costume? Uh, I, I, it's not bad. Um, kind of when we saw what was was that the uh, Batman and Robin annual number two two yeah 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 my first it, it's I like it I mean, it's it's a lot of green a little bit more green than maybe what we're kind of used to if I'm even wish I had in front of me right now but I think I remember the paint the 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 bottom part just being real green mm-hmm. well that it's it's not bad. It's not the worst thing. You know, the grumpy old man in me says, "No way, he should be in the pixie boots." This is Tim Drake's <laughs> thing, you know. But when I when I stop and and um, think about it for a minute, it it makes a lot more sense to do it and you know and retcon it that this is the 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 Dick Grayson, you know, as far as history goes and as far as the the real human, you know, Earth <laughs> a timeline, it'll always be Tim Drake introduced in that, and you can always go back and read those comics. But for right now and what they're doing in the comics, this makes a lot more sense because um, you figure, you know, it seems odd f- 
time-wise, but if this, you know, comic is taking place in the now, right now, then they're out doing this, um, the, the flashback scenes are only like 2010, 2009, <laughs> like it's not that, they're not in the 60s anymore, right. so, you know, it makes a lot more sense to, to be like this, and it makes a lot more sense in our realistic way that if you're going to take a kid out there you're going to want to arm him you know or at least have a you know defensive um you know armor and shoulder pads and not in you know like like short shorts and pixie <laughs> boots you know um it is very green like you said but if you if you look at the um robin earth 2 costume from like way back from pre-crisis it, it kind of is, is similar to that that costume had a lot of green in it and a lot of green pants and it's not exactly that um and i like the black and yellow cape earth 2 was just yellow but it kind of has that earth 2 feel to me um so you know uh, overall i i like it um i like the line here uh the last page um where it's uh dick grayson saying batman and robin forever rah 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 you know (laughs) You know, and I'm going, I wonder how long after this does Dick just get to that point that's like, this isn't working anymore, you know. Um, this, I don't think this is the first time that Bruce held something from Dick, like, oh, there's something on his flash drive, I'm not going to tell you what it is, you don't ever have to worry about it again. You know, at, at what point does Dick just go, I'm tired of you not telling me stuff, I, I've got to go be my own guy, um, I, I, that's a dynamic I've I've always liked between Batman and Robin. That Batman isn't trying to be a jerk just for the sake of being a jerk. Like, like I'm trying to protect you from something, and by not telling somebody what you're protecting them from, you end up doing that person more harm. Because inevitably, it just comes back around that you have to go. Well, I didn't tell you this thing because, you know, why didn't you tell me there was a quicksand pit over here? I never would have walked over there if you. T- told me there was quicksand you know yeah i like the idea that batman is kind of toying with the idea of always of like am i doing the right thing bringing this kid in here you know not just so single-minded of yep this is it that he he goes back and forth and might want to hide stuff and protect him and and not show him everything and not expose him to everything and and maybe has in the back of his mind like okay well He'll do this for a couple of years, and then he'll go to college and have a normal life and heal in a way that I was never able to heal. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, any thoughts, Luke, on this uh, before we jump into Batman and Robin Eternal number one? No, I mean, you pretty much hit it on the head, and it's just funny that he still does that to this day, the whole <laughs> thing with Dick's quote-unquote death when he sits there and tells the Batman, hey, no more secrets, I'm telling you the truth, and then all the going on he's holding them uh, he's basically lying to him yeah he's still alive he's like he tells something he got his fingers crossed behind his back so, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's it, you're that was such a good point um terrence i know you haven't been picking up uh, comics regularly were you reading forever evil when quote unquote dick died did you get into grayson at all to know like what was going on that bruce was keeping this from everyone Actually, that was the where I stopped reading comics. I think I read the first or second Forever Evil, and then um, right around that part, um, I got a new job, uh, and there was just a lot of stuff going on, and I just didn't have the um, disposable income and the time to really devote, and, and got behind on a lot of comics and stuff. So that was right around it, but I, I remember talking to you about it and and filling me in on some of the stuff and Dick being exposed. And I picked up 
issue one of Grayson, and I kind of liked it. I kind of dug it, um, eh, but just time and money and stuff just never had the chance to to jump back into it. So that's why I was kind of I think Batman and Robin Eternal is kind of a cool jumping back in point for for me. Uh, yeah, I think you're going to get a a nice crash course in the uh, state of the Bat Union. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that phrase forever, Luke. I think that's great. <laughs> yeah, we gotta actually give credit to Josh Hayes on that one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So in in just kind of catching up since we're, we're talking about it, the the state of the union in uh, Batman right now. Uh, if I believe you probably know this. Uh, uh, Terrence, that uh, Bruce Wayne, uh, after Endgame, was presumed uh, dead. Like, all of us readers thought, oh my gosh, he's dead. I can't believe it. I mean, that's kind of where, for me, I stopped reading the Snyder Batman book. I'm like, I have no desire to read about robot Batman. Being Commissioner Gordon, to me, if you want to tell a Commissioner Gordon story, then bring back Gotham Central or whatever. I want to read Batman for being Batman Bruce Wayne. So when somebody says, hey, Bruce Wayne's alive, I'm like, what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> So Bruce Wayne is very much alive and is sporting a beard and has no memory of being Batman whatsoever. So I was like, crap, now i got to go back and read this. (laughs) So, uh, you know, uh, I like that the Eternal series is going to be, um, it's for Batman and Robin Eternal, is going to be looking at the past of uh, Dick Grayson and Bruce Wayne and then currently what's going on uh, in the Batman universe. uh, I love the front cover here of it, Tony Daniels. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love him as an artist. His Detective Comics run, the New 52. Um, I loved the art in there, but him writing it, I just felt yeah. like it was it was a struggle. And I think his art was suffering because he was writing it. Um, that worried me about the son of uh, Batman with uh, Patrick Gleason, and I don't see I don't notice that at all. His writing yeah. or um, but I definitely love Tony Daniels' art in here, where he's you know he can just focus on writing. But I'm also reading his Deathstroke, and that's top notch too. So uh, maybe it was just uh, a, a misstep in uh, his Detective Comics run. But uh, the front cover here on Batman and Robin Eternal I think is great, where you have it split down the middle, where you know the left hand of the book is uh, Batman and Robin with the Scarecrow in the back side of it, and the other half is kind of currently what's going on. And the Batman universe now with Red Robin at the top of Bluebird. Um, I'm warming up to the new Red Hood design. Um, in the hands of a good artist, I think the new costume look is cool. But in uh, Red Hood and Arsenal, um, who was ever writing that book, that costume is a hot, hot mess. Um, so Daniels, I think, uh, does uh, a better job at drawing that uh, uh, Red Hood costume. What do you guys think of the cover? Cover's awesome. Yeah. Go ahead, man. I'm sorry. Oh no, that, that's all I have to say. It's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. The cover is cool, and uh, it's. I know a lot of folks who love the Grayson book. Uh, might have been kind of hesitant because when I mean, you see also right down the middle, it's obviously Dick wearing the. You got the Robin suit, but on the other end, it's you know wearing the Grayson suit. There are probably some. Of the, I know there's bunch of my friends out there that were kind of worried that is this going to destroy the you know the Grayson book they're going to bring Grayson into this and it's but it really catches your attention on that you're just like how but it's also good because I think it's now going to tie I think you said this earlier that how Dick Grayson is going to be a central part in this and 
just to see that picture alone, it really does show you how important the Grayson series is and all that. And then you have, you know, like, you say Red Hood uh, and uh, Scarecrow, which uh, for those who don't remember, that's kind of like the last little thread that was kind of left open in Batman Eternal, that literally like the last two panels of the story actually has a scarecrow. So it's nice for we have right in the cover that, you know, that little nod to the very first series. So, but the cover was good. Yeah, you're right. Tony and Daniel did a very good job on you know, executing a really visually good looking uh, cover for that. Um, I wonder how much it, it's, they're saying this is a sequel to Batman Eternal, but it's not like it's a direct sequel because a year has gone by since uh, Batman Eternal. So it's not like you can pick up, uh, Batman Eternal, read it, and then jump into this. There's still all the other books that you're tying into. So I think that's kind of why I said it's almost like this comes out of the Grayson series or kind of yeah. what's coming out currently. And, I, and I'm fine with that. I'm, I was happy to uh, hear that they were, we were going to get a another uh, Batman Eternal series, and this was going to focus on uh, the Robins. Initially, I was like, oh, 52 books. Oh, okay. Um, I'm kind of glad it's not going to be yeah. a year-long thing. Um, I think the story will be a little bit more concise. Um, as much as I liked Eternal, uh, there were you know handfuls of issues where I was like, okay, come on, let's let's speed it up a little bit. So having uh, 26 issues, I think, is going to go um, a little bit quicker. So ironically, uh, yeah, it was right during the holiday. My the, the whole I called it the the Rogues Gone Wild. You know when they were you know, Scarecrow, not yeah Scarecrow. Face right during like Christmas and New Year's Eve, those couple weeks. Yeah, oh, that was uh, oh man, that was rough. Yeah, <laughs> I felt like, well, we agreed to do this series, so we're gonna write this little story. So, like, once we got out of the holidays, I thought it sped back up. Um, the first interior shot of the book, um, um, other than I guess the uh, in Cairo, Egypt is where it's you know starting, where we really don't. That's tying into the very end of the book, so I was like, I wonder what's going on here. But uh, the splash page of Batman and Robin, um, I tweeted uh, this to Tony uh, Daniels on his Twitter account. I'm like, this needs to be a poster, and this needs to be on my wall. <laughs> if I was uh, six, who am I kidding? I said, if I was 16 years old, I'd buy this poster. I'm 41. If I see this in Walmart somewhere, I want this shot of uh, Batman and Robin. Um, it's a, a cool choice that they chose to do it, you know, long ways on the on the two pages. Um, I think you get more of the scope of it. Um, I, I just love this uh, shot here. Then we get the bottom uh, portion of the introduction um, of all the Robin characters as we see them. Uh, any comments here on this? I'm not going to go page by page on this, but I just I wanted to point this out. I just I love this uh, shot here. Yeah, it's a really cool shot, and it would make a cool door poster because it's kind of like the dimensions of a door. But if you look at it, I. I um Lengthwise, I don't know if you guys got this digital or got the paper copy. I got the paper copy. But if you look at it um, like you're holding a book, it looks really cool. But if you actually turn it and hold it sideways like it would be on a door, it has a totally different kind of look and feel to it. It, It's it's really cool how it did that. And they look both angles look really cool. but um, uh, just real quick, yeah, I, I haven't I haven't been reading comics in a while, so I went to my, I'm like, you know what, I could buy this digitally, but I'm gonna buy the paper copy. I'm gonna go to the comic book shop in the next town over and pick it up and you know support them a little bit, and I'll read this one paper. And uh, I got there on Wednesday, and and they had closed down, <laughs> they were long gone, <laughs> and then so I had to go to the next town over. And actually, my wife picked it up for me, um, but I'm glad I got the paper copy and not the digital one because I still like paper the best. 
Yeah. Are you going to uh, do paper for the whole series, or are you just going to kind of go depending on on time? I'm planning on doing paper. I've got it in my my poll box. I'm going to try. The only problem is uh, my local comic book shop is uh, about 25 to 30 minutes away. Oh, wow. So I may not be able to get them all. So I'll I'll probably try paper and maybe go there every two weeks or every three weeks to pick them up. But if I miss one here or there, I may have to uh, get it digital and then try to like do a back issue sale or something to fill in the gaps. Gotcha. Um. What about you, Luke? You you doing digital or are you doing paper? Oh, paper. Okay, gotcha. Excellent. Um, you get, of, do do you get all your comics paper? Because you said that as if like digital is just like <laughs> how dare you even <laughs> mention no, digital yeah. in my presence? Yeah. <laughs> Why did you say that? Yeah. No, yeah, I am on paper, um, and not to say if you do digital, that's it's a bad thing. No, I just I just prefer paper, and if worst case scenario, I will digital. If I'm short or something, I just can't wait. But yeah, I just I prefer to do the paper, you know, support you know, local comic books, shops, and whatnot. So, yeah. um, I like the little blurbs that we get uh, going through this. Um, I was looking to see, yeah, where, where we see Dick Grayson for the first time, where he's like driving up the side of a building, which I thought was <laughs> was kind of cool. This is Batman's first par- partner, former Nightwing, current uh, sexy <laughs> super spy. I was like. <laughs> Sexy super spy, but there was that issue of Grayson where he's running around uh, without a shirt on, and I was like, I can't believe I'm reading this. You know, my wife's like, What are you reading? I'm like, It's Dick Grayson. She's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, he is the man whore of the DC universe. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yes, he is. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I like the shot. Um, I wish I wish DC would go back to doing the, the page numbering here, but we get the introduction of uh, Red Hood and his little blurb. Uh, Jason Hood or Jason Hood. I say that every time. <laughs> Red Hood, aka Jason Todd, Batman's second partner, gun enthusiast, which I thought was kind of cool. Died on the job, got better. I laughed out loud while <laughs> while reading that. I thought that was kind of uh, a, a clever little beat there. And then we have you know Red Robin's um, panel here. Uh, Red Robin, aka Tim Drake, Batman's third partner. IQ of one forty two. A bit of a show off. Um, that was something I wanted to talk about. Uh, I know that Tim has been kind of messed with in the new 52. I think lately they were trying to bring Tim back the way he kind of was. Uh, but Tim has kind of written a little bit now where um, I don't say he's a know-it-all, but it, I guess it's, it's coming off like that. Like He knows what to do and is surprised that you're not doing. Like, really? This is the obvious choice. Um I think we'll see more of that through the issue. Um, I know Terrence hasn't read too much, but uh, what do you think, uh, Luke, about uh, Tim's uh, portrayal uh, in the New Fifty Two uh, in the in the last year or so? Mm, um, be honest, I don't think he had it. Definitely did not have too much of a good shake during Eternal. Uh, there was many people who thought that, that he was literally just uh, Harper, just really kind of downgraded his relevance I think a little bit too much yeah um, and in the bat books too yeah I don't think he's been given too much of a good shake um, I don't know why that is but yeah I mean he's he's still a good character I like him I just don't know why he's portrayed the way he is sometimes I don't know yeah um, 
what are some of the things uh, like I'm going to go page through uh, page uh, with us, but what are some of the, your guys' overall um, impressions um, of this first story? Parts of the uh, parts of it you like, didn't like, or are you guys pretty much you know on board for uh, for the series? You know, I, I kind of liked it overall, except for the last page. Um, which it is the first issue and it's the start of the story so I'm hoping um, can we do spoilers here or are we not doing spoilers yeah, or? with uh, the podcast is going to come out monthly so people that are listening to the podcast uh, we are going to spoil this so by the time we get to the end of the month there's going to have been four books out so we're going to assume that you have read everything and I'll probably do an editorial uh, when I edit this to put this out here. So, yes, we are going to uh, spoil things. So if you haven't read uh, Batman and Robin Eternal up to this point, pause it, read it, and then come back to us. Go for it. All right. So um, the ending uh, where you think that Batman possibly may have murdered this kid's parents with a gun nonetheless is kind of – if that turns out to be true, even if he's under some kind of mind control or brainwash, I'm not going to like that. Uh, that's going to bother me. But – yeah. Overall, I thought it was a really good first issue. It introduced – I mean if you look at what this issue had to do, the amount of characters it had to introduce, um, the amount of different um, storylines kind of going here, the flashbacks between the present and the past, um, it does a really great job of that. And it got me intrigued with all, all of them and I kind of want to know more about each character. Um, the orphan, you know, Cassandra Kane. The last time I saw Harper Rowe, she was just a kid helping Batman. So this whole Bluebird thing is new to me. It actually makes me like want to say, all right, I, I want to go and pick up some back issues and find out, um, you know, how did she get this way? You know, because she, she kind of looks like Nightwing a little bit with her mask, and then the whole um, Commissioner Gordon as Batman. I've read nothing with him yet, and I, it kind of makes me want to go back and fill in some of those gaps. So if you look, I mean. Just going through this quick, they, they introduced you know Bruce Wayne, Dick Grayson, Jason Todd, Tim Drake, um, the whole Grayson super spy thing, Batman, Jim Gordon, you know Bluebird, um, Harper Row, go the whole thing with these orphan kids, a flashback to the Scarecrow story, a um, putting Dick in jeopardy here now and driving off, an introduction of Cassandra Kane, an introduction of this, I think he's the orphan, is is that the this new villain? Um, an introduction of Mother, and then a Batman uh, hologram message, and then a flashback cliffhanger. I mean, that's a lot for one issue, and it does it really well, I, I felt. Yeah, at, at no time did I feel like they threw everything in the kitchen sink in here and like, I walked away from it going, I don't understand. I thought it, they didn't have to say up in the corner, okay, this is 2010. Okay, this is 2015. Like It, it just flowed very, very well that uh, I thought it was constructed really good. Um, uh, yeah, I, w like you said, with the amount of characters they had, I thought each character got their beat. And I like the little blurbs that they got, like – for you not having read Harper Row up to this point, you got a little blurb about who she was and what's going on, and you know she's very techy, and uh, even just Gordon Batman. With the little bit I've read about him, he's still very much like you don't need to be out here, and we're we're tracking your little your little boxes that you're having out here, and that Harper's like, well, you may be able to track it, but you can't stop it, you know, and it, it shuts him down, which I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. So, yeah, I dug it. Uh, what'd you think, uh, Luke? Oh, it was it was awesome. Um, 
pretty much everything Terrence said. It's just that was a whole lot of stuff <laughs> crammed into one issue, and it would Tinian did a very good job. Um, it's this if you love Grayson, I cannot rec- you cannot really recommend this thing enough. If you're loving what you're seeing in Grayson, I think you're going to enjoy just the kind of the flow and just the kind of way this story is going to be executed in that type of way just in this one issue um i loved how you know the very beginning the 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 death scene if you would in egypt it was just such a run parallel to to bruce's you know there in crime alley outside the theater it was just that was really well done and well played i really did enjoy that um the only thing kind of left my head kind of scratching a little bit and, and maybe i'm just being too nitpicky on it is that when it says, you know, back then uh, in Egypt, that's when we see the death scene. Mm-hmm. The next page we see then uh, with in that, in that great page you talked about with uh, uh, Dick and Bruce in that, in that panel. But it also said then, so you infer that that's happened at the same exact time. And then you get to the last page and you're like, well, that can't be because if that's what they're saying, Bruce was there in Egypt. So... Maybe again, maybe that's just me just being nitpicky and just trying to get the timeline and events. I don't know, but other than that, it, it was really, really well done. And yeah, it's just a lot of stuff thrown at you, but it, it didn't feel like crammed and, and it's very new reader, not new reader friendly, I thought as well. Yeah, that that was something I, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad that it's not like for Terrence. I had to go, well, you have to go back and you're going to have to read all 52 issues of Batman Eternal. This is the only way you're going to catch up. Um, or to say, well, you're going to have to read 12 issues of Grayson. They're, it, it'll enhance your enjoyment of this, but it's not like you're left out in the cold. I feel like I could give this book to just about anyone and go, read this and, and tell me what you think. And they're going to look at it and go, oh, okay, when's the next issue coming out? It's not like I have to say, well, here's this one issue, and here's a whole stack of 22 other issues that you've got to read before you get into this one. So um, I, I like I like it for that. Um, we briefly touched on Cassandra Kane. Um, I think we have Donna Troy back now. We have Stephanie Brown back now. Um, is Wally West back in the DCU now? Um, yo, I think he is. I think they made him uh, African American, if I remember correctly. I think um, I, I will find a tangent there. Uh, what do you think of now finally having Cassandra Kane back uh, in the DCU again? That's uh, that just justice, I think, because uh, I think she was kind of given a raw deal at the very end of pre New Fifty Two. She just really just disappeared. Yeah, how relevant she was. So it's good to have her back. Yeah, I, I really liked her. You know, like I've I've been reading comics since like the '80s, but there's been periods of my life where there's just been a lot of stuff going on, or work, or money, and I've I've taken breaks from it. And and one of the breaks, um, you know, I, I I'd every now and again just poke in a comic book store. I moved, and there wasn't one around. And I remember when she kind of was sort of new on the scene, I, I wasn't reading comics and I had poked into a comic book store just to kind of see what was going on in window shop. And that cover with her on it really, it was like, wow, there's a new Batgirl And what is this? And, and I really liked the look of it. And I, I bought a bunch of, um, her Batgirl. I started reading it and really liked it and liked the whole, thought the story was really unique and interesting and how she couldn't speak, but she like spoke in 
uh, uh, combat moves, and it was really new, and, and um, it was, was kind of like pre all the internet and Twitter and everything, so I was really surprised when I fi- kind of found out that some fans didn't like her, and there was kind of like this, you know, a lot of negativity towards her, because I always really liked her um, from the start, and yeah, I, I kind of like what you said, Luke, she, she did kind of get a raw deal there with the new 52, and she just kind of disappeared um and i i thought she was just getting better as it went on as she learned to speak and her i really like some of her interactions with tim it, they kind of made like a good kind of partnership um so uh you know the, the problem with a book like batman and robin eternal where there is so much and so many characters and so many things and whether it's a book or a movie or a tv show is sometimes you know they introduce like Jason Todd, and then they go to the next one too quick, and you're like, wait, I wanted more Jason Todd. Oh, wait, I wanted more. And this book, I didn't feel that. Like, they did a really good job of giving you just enough, pacing it, until Cassandra Cain. After that, I was kind of like, oh, wait, I want more. Oh, wait, I I need to know more about that, you know? And then, in fact, I was even, because I had read on the internet that she was coming back, and I guess there was a leaked cover, Um, but they don't say Cassandra Cain, and she only says mother, I believe, or no, she says a couple words. I think she says no and then mother here. Um, so then when eventually that hologram of Bruce says she's Cassandra Kane, I was like, all right, that's verification. But she spoke so little, I wondered where where her she was with that whole being able to speak and not speak. Um, but I know there's more issues coming, and I know there's more story of her coming, and they can't give us you know a 72-page first issue. <laughs> so you know I'm realistic in that, but – but I really liked it, and her, I think her new costume looks pretty cool. It's it's kind of a little bit like the old, a little bit like the new, and you can see her face. So, um, yeah, uh, it's definitely better than the whole Black Bat thing from Batman Incorporated. I wasn't yeah. such a big fan of that. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, what I like here in this issue is the fight sequence <laughs> with uh, Dick and Cassandra where – they do this really cool job of giving like the red circle, like the target, like this is where Cassandra's going to strike. And in that first shot, you, know, you see her squinting her eyes, and she's zeroed on an eye, a rib, and then like a kidney, and then she proceeds to do all that. And you see like the hand, shoulder, and leg, and the, you know the stomach. I thought that was just a, a really cool uh, moment where she's zeroing in. So you've got the super spy and Dick that has. You know, trained himself even more, and he's getting his rear end handed to him. But it's not, it's almost like this fight was like, oh, I've got to fight you to make this fight look real, but I've got to hand you this drive. So I was like, what? <laughs> you know? I think it's important to note that for those who don't have you know, a whole lot of exposure to Cassandra, that she was trained by an assassin, just like Damien was. Mm-hmm. So she, that right there, that good thing you mentioned, that fight scene. That really is a, a nod to how credible a person she is. I mean, she she rubbed uh, Dick up pretty good, and it's it's likely carrying on that. It just that gives her a lot of credibility in, in that fight scene. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, this is probably was new for Terrence seeing uh, Cullen uh, Harper's brother here, um, which uh, you know catching Terrence up with you know Batman Eternal. Uh, you had like the nanobites uh, that, or the nanobites, the nanotech that was uh, infecting a lot of people in Gotham City, and uh, Harper's brother was one of them that was possessed. So it was kind of cool to see them again. Uh, that was has been my uh, disappointment after Batman Eternal. You kind of establish Harper Row as a character, and then a whole year goes by, and we don't get another Harper Row story uh, till till this moment. So. 
Um, I'm hoping that's not going to be the case of Harper Row. I was kind of like, give give Tim Drake his own ongoing series again, and call the book Red and Blue. You know, you've got Red Bird and uh, Red Robin and Blue Bird. You know, in there. Yeah, so, um, and you can even throw in, um, uh, Stephanie Brown, who um, at the end of Batman Eternal, Stephanie Brown and Tim Drake have their little meeting together, which I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, but that uh, Stephanie is still living with Harper and Colin, so that's um, was kind of cool that they kept that beat there too. Yeah, hey, can I ask you guys about that? Because that's something I don't know. Because I did notice that um, when uh, I, I'd known the brother, she had been in some, or he had been in some books um, yeah. previously, and um, I think there was one where he was going to kill himself or something like that, or it wasn't? Uh, or so, I'm not really sure, but. Um, or he was getting bullied, I think, for yes. for being yep. gay. Was that it? Or, okay, yep. yeah. And um, and so I'd read that, so I kind of was familiar with the brother a little bit. But then they mentioned Stephanie. So what is the relationship there between Harper and her brother and Stephanie? Are they just roommates, or is there more to it? Are they partners? Or do you want to go into this, Rob? Or I'll I'll, I'll let you take this one. Okay. As far as Stephanie and and uh, Harper and her brother Colin, it was the very end toward Eternal. Uh, where uh, basically Batman made a deal with Catwoman to take Spoiler, mm-hmm. who was Stephanie Brown, um, and they Batman pretty much got her into Harper's uh, apartment. And then I don't want to say Harper kept her hostage, but pretty much that's pretty much what it was up until the very end where she left. So, and then she came back at the end. So it was really toward the very end, and it was I don't want to say any more than circumstantial and. and they kind of built a little bit of a friendship toward the end of it. Yeah. But yeah, that was pretty much it. Um, with Stephanie's introduction, they had it, had you led to believe in Eternal that it's the Clue Master that has orchestrated this whole entire thing that has captured Bruce Wayne, strapped him to the bat signal, and is beating the tar out of him. And what you find out is, is, uh, uh, Lincoln March, Bruce Wayne's supposed brother, <laughs> comes back kills the clue master and uh like stephanie brown was the kind of like the center catalyst of eternal where um batman give gave harper very uh strict orders to not let stephanie out of your sight so like luke was saying it kind of kept her hostage a little bit just so batman can try and get a hold of you know what's going on because the clue master was kind of the you know Supposed big baddie till we found out the court of the owls get tied, you know, back into it. So that's kind of like your your catch up there of, you know, the Stephanie Brown introduction. I thought it was kind of cool that Harper introduces Tim and Stephanie, and they they drew it really nice where they have this little like, you know, like hey, I think you're kind of cute, and Tim can't can't figure out what to say, you know, in front of her. And Harper's like, oh, whatever, you know, <laughs> can clearly see that Tim likes Stephanie. So I'm hoping to kind of they revisit that here. So that was that was nice being a 90s Robin fan going, oh, finally, they did introduce Tim and Stephanie together. So cool. But we know how that relationship, relationship's going to go. Tim's going to screw it up. <laughs> <laughs> there was a part in here, yeah, this is – now, I don't know if you guys have seen this online, but we have the whole list of mother's children must be terminated before phase three. And you see Richard, Jason, Tim, Harper, Cassandra. Uh, then I is Stephanie's name listed? And I don't see, think I see Stephanie there. But there's a talk of um, – I don't know if it's like speculation. We could talk about it here before uh, we close that they're, they may try and tie – 
the Robins together. Like there's this conspiracy of the Robins that Batman may be getting Robins. Like, okay, I went through one Robin. I need another Robin. So is he like, he's going through a program of some sort. So that's kind of, I don't know if you guys have heard any of that speculation at all, or what you think about that idea. I don't know if I like it, don't like it or how this is all tied to granted This is issue one. And I like having, questions like this like i don't understand what's going on you know (laughs) i want to fast forward to the end but you know (laughs) yeah i got the sense that they're sort of hinting that maybe the robins becoming robin wasn't so random and that they were part of some kind of thing here with the mother and that batman was kind of selecting them or taking them in because of this and i don't really know where they're going with that but it and kind of, in some ways, makes me think, okay, well, they kind of did this a little bit with Dick Grayson being groomed for the Court of Owls. And mm-hmm. so was he part of Mother and the Court of Owls? And that's busy. And then I don't know where they left off, and maybe Luke, being more of the the Red Hood fan, could tell me. But when I was reading the New 52 um, Red Hood – what did they call it? The Outlaws or something? The Red yeah. Hood Arsenal and um, – uh, was it Red Hood and the Outlaws? Yeah, Starfire. And they were they were kind of hinting that as if – Jason Todd was more selected through the Joker and that the Joker had a a much bigger role in Jason Todd becoming Robin and that almost hinting as if the the Joker might be Jason Todd's biological father. So I I don't know how all that would tie in and play together, but um, it's definitely something that Snyder's done before with the Court of Owls. Yeah, Yeah, and it was a little reference to uh, the Al Gold as well. Kind of picking Jason. Yeah, I'm sorry, that, go ahead, man. No, no, no. I was just going to say it's it's going to be interesting uh, once we get a little farther to see where Damien uh, slips into this. I don't know if he's going to be as predominant in this from what they're saying. <clears throat> in the uh, free comic book day, you can kind of see a, a shot of Damien there, and you also see the We Are Robins uh, there also. So, yeah, I'm kind of curious to see where, uh, where this is going to go. And I, I think this is kind of a cool way to kind of celebrate Robin's 75th anniversary and more important, uh, Dick Grayson, uh, you know, being the very first sidekick. And um, I, I think this, if the rest of the series is this good, I think we're in for a, a really good treat. I'm, I'm eager that, you know, this Wednesday, you know, ish, issue two is going to come out. So it'll be... And we're going to have a, a couple weeks now in between uh, episodes where we'll be talking about, you know, the three books. But, um, I, yeah, I thought this was off to a, a really good start, and it left me with a lot of questions that I was hoping you guys could answer, but you couldn't. So <laughs> any final well, I, thoughts? I can answer them. They'll be completely wrong, but I can, <laughs> yeah. I can give you answers, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Jason, uh, Jason Todd's going to end up working in an ice cream parlor. and <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Mother will turn out to be Batmite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this whole series is going to turn out to be it was Batmite the whole entire time seriously yeah, um, and the thing is we might be the three guys who will, would like that we'd be like yeah that was cool <laughs> right and there's going to be a whole bunch of people like I can't believe I bought 26 issues for Batmite you know <laughs> I would actually like to see Tony Daniels version of Batmite it probably would be awesome yeah I think it would be really good I there's actually did he, didn't he do that R.I.P.? Oh, yeah, that's right. He did. did? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Briefly. Very briefly. I'll have to go back and pull that out because I'm thinking, I want to see what that looks like. And with you just saying that, Luke, I'm like, well, duh, I, I have seen that. Yeah, with the Batman of Zurin R. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that was interesting. Uh, on a side note with uh, Batman uh, Arkham Knight uh, being out, one of the suits that you uh, can get uh, free from Warner Brothers is the Zern R suit. So that's really kind of weird. To, really? It, it's, it's cool to see it in a full 3D rendered um, suit, and it looks really cool. You can you know, go around the streets of Gotham City beating up thugs as, <laughs> you know, Zern R Batman, which is really, really kind of cool. I'm yeah. going to hit you up later to tell me how to get that. that would, oh, that would be awesome. It is really simple. You just have to log into your Warner Brothers ID account. Uh-huh. And uh, there's uh, – in the download section, You can there will be a little spot that will highlight that will tell you you have a free download. It's oh, okay. it, it, it takes a couple seconds. I, c- I can send you the uh, information uh, if you need it. Pretty cool. cool. Hey, I have a question for you guys um, since I am not reading the books. But I've seen the new – Batgirl design. I don't know how new it is now, but the the newest one, and I, I thought it was really cool. It looked like they're making her a lot younger. She looks like fifteen in it, as opposed to like twenties. Or um, I, I don't know if if they've lowered her age. She looks more like um, like should be Tim Drake's age, as opposed to Dick Grayson's age. Um, but she was absent from this book. Um, she's probably like the one big like um, Bat family member. I, I didn't, you know, who you could say wasn't in this book. Um, what's going on in her book? Is she part of the Bat family? Did they make her a little younger? And do you think she'll show up in uh, in this series? Rob, are you are you reading Batgirl? I am just now getting back in it. The first couple issues kind of turned me off. I yeah. I kind of felt like I needed to be twelve to read the book. Yeah. Like I thought it was, and I, I'm not knocking DC yeah. when I say that at all. Because there may be some some young girls that want to read a positive role model superhero book, and I'm like, that's really cool. But I was reading Batgirl, the New Fifty Two, like it or love yeah. it. I mean, I was enjoying it, but I felt okay. Now this book's not written for me, and that's again not a bad thing. Um, I think I think she's in college, right out of college. Um, she's on her own, so I I think she's drawn a little younger than what she actually is. Yeah, um, she, she's over twenty one. We yeah. know that, but probably not too much older. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm I'm just now getting back into it a little bit since Grayson tied in recently, and we've got uh, you know her dealing with uh, Commissioner Gordon Batman, which I don't think she knows who that is yet. Um, and it's it's very weird because it's I think she, right now she's such a polar character, and not in how. It is on paper. I think it's just you were hitting at uh, Rob. It's the the camp of people who are kind of affected by it. you got like the the newer people who might be just trying to get into the, the character who love it, but then you got the ones you know the Gail Simone diehards, the ones that you know post uh, Killing Joke and Beyond Barbara, who really don't understand it. That this is not the Batgirl I know. This is not the Barbara I understand. It, it's a total different shift in how the character is uh, in the art I, I like the art okay. yeah yeah the I like good. the art um, and Eternal uh, was also a very Gordon centered story I mean it started with Gordon being responsible for blowing up a subway train trying to uh, stop a, a crook or whatever it was. Commissioner Gordon gets incarcerated loses his job being commissioner so it was Barbara having to deal with and that was a nice little uh, subplot too of Barbara trying to exonerate her father, knowing my, you know, telling Bruce, you know, my father didn't kill these people; he's not responsible. So she had a very big part in Batman Eternal. So I was kind of surprised she's not here for Batman and Robin. But then again, 
it's more of a Robin story than it is, you know, just an overall Bat story. Yeah, you would think she would have to make a, like a cameo. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I would, I, yeah, I would think so. Especially if this is a Dick Grayson-centric book. It would almost be very hard not to have her in. Has, I have the annual, haven't read it yet, has, has Bruce, or Bruce, has Dick and Babs actually physically met yet? They, um, have you, are you reading Grayson? Yeah, I'm, I'm reading Grayson. I'm, I'm a have couple. You got to issue twelve yet? I haven't got to issue twelve. Okay, uh, I'm not gonna spoil. Okay, <laughs> fine. Uh, I will no. say in the annual in the uh, in the Batgirl annual, um, they kind of literally cross paths. Okay, they literally just miss each other. But I don't want to issue twelve is such a great book. I don't, I don't even want to spoil that for you. Cool, right on. Issue twelve, and you'll, you'll get the answer. Cool. Um, do you guys have any other uh, final thoughts here before we uh, sign off for the night? And we went just a little bit over, but I thought we were going to do that just getting in kind of the introduction here. Uh, any uh, closing thoughts you guys have uh, for the podcast coming up or just in general? I'll just say I love the weekly format of the books. I know it's 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 not easy to do, so you don't see it a lot. But I think one of my all-time favorites within the top ten series is, is 52, um, which was the weekly book that maybe kind of started it all or started back up the weekly. So I love the weekly format. I, I think it's pretty awesome, something to look forward to every Wednesday. Um and, uh, you know, it, it, it's off to a good start. And, you know, I don't like that last page, but I kind of like that I don't like it. You know, you, you don't want it to be too safe. They're definitely not playing it safe. No. And um, Scott Snyder, whatever knock you have, people have knocked him, and I've knocked his conclusions to stories of being weak. He knows how to start off a story. He knows how to get <laughs> you hooked. And uh, I feel like he, he did it again, and, and um, uh, I'm looking forward to it. should be good. Luke? Um First off, again, thanks again for inviting me to be part of this. This was this is great, and this I think was makes Eternal so awesome. I know I said this before, and I hate to sound like a broken record, but uh, Eternal being a weekly event, it really does spur conversation. Yeah. So I mean, it's great to hear. I mean, you, you read it first off. It's great to know that you know you, every Wednesday you're gonna rush out into your shop, but you're gonna get or whatever chance you can to go out and get it, whether it be digital or hard copy. Is that you know every week the next part of the story is going to be there. So you don't have to wait. But then you know there's other people who are going to be doing the same thing and everyone's going to read it. And then the collaboration that kind of goes along with it, which spurs these type of podcasts. That's what's, I think, the best part of this whole experience is just interacting with other people and just hearing what everyone has to say about, you know, how the story's going, good, bad, or indifferent. It's just how we all collaborate. So I just, I, I, I love that. And this is my favorite part of it. And um, just like you all have been saying, this has been a really good start to the series, and I'm just really excited. I was just really excited to get back into this whole weekly thing. So I'm pumped up, and this is this is going to be a good ride. Cool, excellent. Um, speaking of discussion, now our next podcast, we haven't got the date set yet, um, but it is going to be monthly. So generally at the end of the month, uh, whatever that works for us to record, we will be recording uh, and talking about whatever four books or depending on you know how they come out it could be three or four or you know whatever it is so this will be monthly um, so the next episode is going to come just a little bit quicker than normal but then after that uh, we will be you know month to month um, 
And talk since it's going to be a month, I thought it'd be really cool to have a way to kind of converse with people. Now, obviously, this is part of the BatmanUniverse.net podcast. Obviously, by all means, you can go over there when Dustin posts the episodes up there. Uh, you can talk in there. But as the books are coming out weekly, I thought it might be kind of cool to create a Facebook page specifically just for this podcast. Um, maybe so we're not clogging up the Batman Universe podcast. But if you want to, by all means, definitely go over there, support the Batman Universe. And thank you to Dustin. Uh, for allowing us to do this. Uh, but if you want to kind of continue the discussion from week to week as books come out and you have questions, you can go to Facebook, www.facebook.com slash Batman and Robin Eternal Podcast. Now, it's very easy. Just look for us uh, on Facebook. So if you want to chat back and forth with us as the issues are coming out, and then you kind of send us some questions of you know what you're thinking about. And uh, I did have a couple from the uh, Batman universe, and it was just a lot of people saying, that they're they're really excited and they're really pumped for it. I know Donovan, uh, who's on the Batman universe, has said he was really excited to finally see his favorite character, Cassandra Kane, brought back. And it was just uh, there weren't a lot of questions yet at this point. I know the podcast is still new, but uh, keep in contact with us. That's where you can get a hold of us. At is over at the Batman Universe uh, Facebook page, or you can email into the Batman Universe, or again at the Facebook page. So I want to thank uh, Luke and Terrence both for being a part of this podcast, and we'll probably see you guys in a couple weeks, and we'll do uh, the next three books, and then it'll be monthly as we go out from there. So uh, sounds great, excellent, everyone, and we'll see you guys uh, in uh, at the end of the month. So uh, take care, everyone, and we'll see you. Bye. I'm of a mind. I'm of a mind. Make some mookie. <laughs> Phone book. Thanks for listening to Batman and Robin Eternal Podcast. This show is part of the Batman Universe Specials and has been brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman. The thoughts and opinions are the thoughts and opinions of the three knuckleheads that are talking. What could they possibly know? They read comics for crying out loud. Batman and all related characters are under the copyright of DC Comics. All music and sound clips are under their respective copyright holders as well, and are used for illustrative purposes. So no lawyers need to get involved, as this show makes no money. Zero. Zilch. Nada. So no infringement is intended. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so by going through our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash Batman and Robin Eternal. Or in the search, you can type in Batman and Robin Eternal Podcast, and that will lead you directly to us. You can also leave a message over at the BatmanUniverse.net as the Batman Universe hosts this show. So I definitely suggest to go over there and peruse everything the Batman Universe has to offer. You can leave a comment into the current episodes in the comment section. Or you can email me directly, Rob, at r10myers at yahoo.com. That's r 10 M-Y-E-R-S at Yahoo.com and title the message Batman and Robin Eternal and I or Terrence or Luke will read your email in the show. Thanks for listening to the Batman Universe Specials production of Batman and Robin Eternal Podcast. We will see you soon. Take care. Sometimes a fister take the place of a body Sometimes a body is here See when crime is your only love the here and now People, people Whatever flows This joker's boat Is whatever This joker will bang This is where it's supposed to be uh-huh. 